Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Hi, and welcome back to Royally Obsessed. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Were you planning that? No. You look so proud of yourself. I'm Caitlin Munza. And I'm Lisa Ryan. (laughs) And it's time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Subscribe to the podcast and leave us the royal rating of a five-star review. You can also send us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com to ask us any and all questions about the royals. This week, we have so many fun things. So many. One, like, sort of annoying thing and then tons of fun things. We have... Prince William's birthday, the Royal Foundation split, Royal Ascot and some jumpsuits. We have James Middleton on the cover of Tatler, our big story in Tatler. We have Kate in a patronage. We have Megan's engagement ring. York girls updates. Oh, and teacher York- stuff. And teacher stuff. Teacher, a teacher hookup. It's a lot but of like stuff. in a very G-rated way. Of course, of course. It's just a lot of stuff. I'm very excited. I'm very excited too. I'm so happy to be here, and that's why I thanked you. <laughs> Um, and we have a real refreshment, which might be, we drank, we started drinking like six minutes ago, so it might be cause for the giddiness. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. Yes, someone sent us some Fisher's Island lemonade, which is spiked lemonade. Uh, it is vodka and whiskey with natural juice and flavors, and it's lemonade, and it's really good. It's really delicious, very refreshing, and Lisa noted before we started that it's 9% alcohol, which is actually like kind of a lot for... A, like a malt beverage. Well, okay, Caitlin, I actually need this today because <laughs> I'm having a day and that day is called, I spilled salad all over myself repeatedly <laughs> because I started a new job. I'm actually working for Katie Kirk. I'm helping run her newsletter and it, no big deal. It's just a dream job. But, oh, and the newsletter is Wake Up Call. So please subscribe because I am working on it every single day and yeah. I'm so excited. But part of having a new job, I'm like, this is my new life. I eat salads now. So I had a salad yesterday. Totally fine. Okay. Salad today. All over me. <laughs> I'm wearing a green dress. It's so cute. I'm really upset that you destroyed it with your salad. It's a fast fashion dress. So, like, I mean, is this my fault for, you know, participating in all of that? Yeah, but if it was a very expensive, like, silk dress and then you got salad dressing all over it, that would be even more upsetting. So let's, like, count the stains. I see one, <laughs> two, three, four, five. Six. And this is all from just sitting and eating salad. So that means probably falling out of my mouth and falling off my fork. And since we've been sitting here, you keep dripping the condensation from your lemonade all over yourself, too. Like, no more no more salad for you. Yes. So I may be working with, you know, like one of the most prestigious journalists in the world, but like, I'm still me. <laughs> still you. Well, I'm very, very proud of you and so excited. And Thank you. And we'll be subscribing for sure. I just hope that maybe one day I can eat a salad without it getting all over me. You got to be yourself. That's important to remember. Um, also himself, our This Week in Royal History. And now, This Week in Royal History. It's Prince William's birthday. 
It was at the end of last week, actually. It was on Friday. Prince William was born on the first day of cancer season. Um, I only know the astrological signs of like myself, whoever I date, my best friends, and my immediate family members. None of those people are cancers. So I don't know a ton of things about cancers, but I, I did some preliminary Googling. Um, they're super loyal. They're very emotional. Like they feel things very deeply. Mm. Um, they're very attached to their mothers. And their perfect romantic match is Capricorn, which is Kate Middleton. That's really interesting because yesterday was Stassi and Ariana's birthday <laughs> from Vanderpump. So I texted you. I texted my friend Kelly yes. and I texted my friend Maddie saying like, happy Stassi and Ariana birthday. And Maddie was like, oh, cancer queens. They are cancer queens. It, they are extremely cancers if you watch Vanderpump Rules. Again, they feel things very deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's what I learned about Prince William's sign. And he's the very first day of cancer. Um, so what we want to say about him and his life, obviously, you know, um, he's the heir to the British throne after his father. He's second in line. And what his actual birthday was what the 21st. He turned 37. And wow. what we have in front of us isn't his bio the way we'd usually do for a week in real history. It's actually a bit more interesting. So we're reading an article from Hello Magazine that pointed out that here's how Prince William celebrated his birthday. Or we don't actually know if this is if he sent this gift with his birthday, but basically the partner of the Prime Minister of New Zealand, whose name is Clark Gayford, he tweeted a picture of a little buzzy bee toy and he flipped it over. The tweet says, torn between letting the first birthday girl continue to maul this amazing gift or putting it somewhere safe forever. Happy birthday, Prince William. What a great shared birthday. In parentheses, I'm pretty sure you win with this. On the bottom of the toy is a little plaque that says, happy birthday, Uh, Nev from Prince William. So apparently Prince William shares a birthday with the baby daughter of Jacinda Ardern, the prime minister of New Zealand. And he pointed out that shared birthday by sending a birthday gift to Nev, the baby. That is so cute. How lovely is that? And also this is an internationally famous baby, not only for who her mother is, but didn't she appear on the floor of the United Nations yes. General Assembly? Yes. So what a cool baby. What a cool couple. We love Jacinda Ardern, as we've discussed in previous episodes. And how cool of Prince William to like, we don't know when this toy was given, but of course he's visited New Zealand several times. And most recently in April after the horrific terrorist attack. Exactly. So maybe it was then. And of course the royal sleuths out there pointed out that um, the toy is similar to one that Prince William was photographed um, holding as a baby when he went to New Zealand with his parents on a royal tour when he was a baby. And wow. um Apparently, like they were, people were wondering if it was the same exact toy if he held on to it for 30 years and then gave it to this baby in a sort of like perfect circle of New Zealand like diplomatic gifts. But actually, people on Twitter were saying, no, the Buzzy Bee is a classic New Zealand toy. Pretty much every baby has one here. So who knows? It might have been the same one. I've never heard of this bee. I'm excited for know. my new life where I know about it. I know, but it's super cute. And so now this week in Royal History, we're celebrating both Prince William's birthday and also the birthday of Nev Gayford, the little first lady of the first daughter of New Zealand. Aw. I know. So what a what a cutie pie. Thank you for doing that, Prince William. I just love that little anecdote. And you can see the tweet um, from Clark Gayford. Again, he's the partner of Jacinda Ardern and his handle is at NZClark. Um, with an E. 
So that's adorable. Um, what we have to discuss um, sort of at the top of the episode is like maybe less cute depending on your outlook. But of course, um, right before William's birthday last Thursday, there was it was announced that the Royal Foundation is officially splitting. Yes. And so um, Emily Andrews of The Sun broke the news. But I feel like there are two thoughts on it. You know, there's some people who are like, this means a lot, like there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes. And then there's others who are like, what, wasn't this already happening? Like, didn't, right. doesn't this just feel like it should have happened before? Cause I, I mean, I didn't stop to think about the Royal Foundation in complete honesty. When they split the offices, I just assumed all of their work was separate. So when I realized the Royal Foundation was still one thing and I was like, oh, of course. Yeah, it's sort of in the eye of the, the drama or lack thereof is in the eye of the beholder. So the statement that, the that Kensington Palace released last week was obviously very neutral. It just discussed that the foundation is splitting and that um, the Cambridges will continue using essentially the staff from the Royal Foundation for their charitable interests, but that the Sussexes will form their own foundation and more information will be announced about it before the end of the year. Um, so we will know more soon. And then it sort of gave, the statement gave a list of all the things that the four of them have worked on together or things that specifically Harry and William and Kate have all worked on together over the years, heads together, the Invictus, you know, things, the Invictus Games, things that they're very proud of as their charitable interests and things that they hope to continue and that they'll work on together. Yeah, Heads Together is still going to happen. And yeah. Invictus is Harry's baby other than Archie. Of course. And so, you know, it. the only like explanation it sort of noted was just that they have different needs um, as they it, like refer to their different futures, which of course they have. So again, you can accept what the palace said or you can sort of like give in to the drama of it, which obviously plenty of people and plenty of tabloids want to do saying, you know, if you are on one side, you know, there's been reports, including from Ellie Andrews, that this was actually more of the Cambridge's doing, that this is what William wanted. Then there's, of course, people who are going to blame Megan and say that the Sussexes, you know, get to be wild and free and that they want to be far, far away from the Cambridge and they want to do their own thing. It's really impossible for us to know because we're not yet scullery maids who sleuth around in the corners of Kensington Palace listening to meetings. Yes. And also, as I've said before, this podcast is like a blog where we're aggregating the news. So we are not the royal reporters with the on the ground scoop. So I don't have yeah. any scoop. But like my personal stance or like my personal view of what I've read, I feel like it just seems like it makes sense. Yeah. If you're working on different projects and you have two different offices, why would you have one combined office? It just doesn't make sense to me. So Yeah. The only thing I'm excited to see is what the Sussexes will do um, once they're sort of out of the baby haze in the fall or this upcoming winter because a lot of the framing has been like now the, Sus the Sussexes can go wild and can do whatever they want as it relates to charity. And it's I'm like, insane that like going <laughs> wild is supporting women, yeah, like exactly. working on projects for veterans. Like yeah. that's going wild. I wish right. I went wild more often. I'm too obsessed with all the salad <laughs> I dropped on my dress. Yeah, I'm just, I'm I'm really interested to see how that manifests. That's what I care about the most, um, not necessarily the fighting among the brothers. That said, all the Royals reporters have been saying things like, now that this is done or now that the, the, um, the Sussex family is firmly at Frogmore, that things are a little calmer now. So that's the, the point I want to just land on is that things are for the better now and we're moving forward and 
excited to see what the the fall has for us. Well, I certainly hope the fall has some jumpsuits. <laughs> so, you That's know. That's a great transition. <laughs> we we talked a little bit uh, last week about Royal Ascot. Unfortunately, we didn't get more appearances from the younger folk. It was just the queen, you know, every day kicking off the horse, the horse activity. But we did get lots of other uh, royals every day, the rest of the week, the rest of the event. Um, of course, the queen was there every day and she ended things on a super high note with a hot pink. But a better sartorial note as far as Lisa is concerned was the jumpsuits. So here's the thing about jumpsuits. I have never been able to pull one off. I got <laughs> I was very lucky to try the Everlane jumpsuit for my last job at the cut and it was not something that I felt confident in at all. However, I have a friend with a very similar body type to me and she looks amazing in jumpsuits every day, so I know that it's possible. So I love a jumpsuit. I think People who wear jumpsuits just look awesome. I think it's bold. I think it's exciting. I think it's different. And then also, sometimes it's just nice to wear pants. It is nice to wear pants. I guess, okay, so the the ladies who wore jumpsuits were Autumn Phillips, who's, of course, the wife of Peter Phillips, and then uh, Sophie, the Countess of Wessex. Um, They were wearing jumpsuits on the same day am i right it might be like a day apart i think or oh okay you know what i'm thinking of i'm looking at the photos now of um the day that autumn wore one she took a selfie with a woman who also appears to be wearing a jumpsuit so it's just like that's awesome at the end of royal ascot everyone was like oh okay let's go jumpsuit crazy and caitlin now that you have my amazon prime password (laughs) i hope you're working your way through fleabag and soon once you get to the second season you will understand the jumpsuit because so it's important. I you gave me the you mentioned the password on last week's episode. We record on Tuesdays. By the time the episode aired on Thursday, I'd already watched the entire series. Obviously, wait, you watched all of it? Of course, I watched all of it. Okay, I'm gonna change my password. Back. <laughs> <laughs> I still have to watch the Americans. We'll we'll talk about. Okay, it. we'll figure it out. Shared, off air, shared, off air. Cu- shared custody. Um, the point is, love these jumpsuits. Um, as we talked about a little bit last week, there's all these like fashion rules or dress code rules around Royal Ascot. So we liked that women were like really going for it. All it says is that the women have to be dressed conservatively and have to have hats with brims at least four inches if they're in the royal circle. Um, but doesn't say nothing about jumpsuits. So yeah, I like it. That's awesome. And you noted that Harper's Bazaar had an amazing headline about Sophie. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's Sophie Countess of Wessex rocked a jumpsuit at the Royal Ascot. M dash, and it wasn't her first time. I just love a dramatic M dash. That's like the long dash, basically. We use it in women's magazines all the time. All the time, <laughs> especially on the internet, because it gives you the reader, like, it gives a sense of drama and mm-hmm. it makes you pay attention. So in this case, Sophie, Countess of Wessex, rocked a jumpsuit, and it wasn't her first time. <laughs> it's like they want to make sure you really care. Um, but yeah, she wore this like wild. It's the pant legs are so huge. I think that when she's not walking and she's just standing, it looks more like a dress. But when it she's does. walking, you're like, wow, that's bold. Yeah. And you know what? I don't even have any negative comments about a jumpsuit because I'm like, you're going for it. And I love it. I, I again, as I've said, I really I'd prefer people to just go for things rather than look boring. So brava to Sophie and to Autumn. I love it. If I could see Kate Middleton in a jumpsuit. Oh, oh boy. Oh, man. Who? boy jumpsuit obsessed except for <laughs> myself <laughs> yeah so ascot is over sad our season of june awesomeness has come to a conclusion but we do have wimbledon coming up and That's amazing and also this isn't about the royals but did you see that serena williams got to be on the the box of Wheaties. I did see that i was like that's amazing i love you serena I you did should be see that. also i'm like that's amazing but 
just how now? did it take this long? I like, are you kidding agree. me? I completely agree. I know n- truly nothing about tennis except that the Royals love it and well, Serena Williams to, is cool. I, I had a crush on Andy Roddick in high school, and so I had a poster. Okay. And so I would watch his matches. I did not learn the rules. <laughs> You're like... Rest assured, I don't understand the sport. Well, you better figure it out because Wimbledon starts next week and we'll be discussing it then. For because sure. we're, we're not, they I don't think they've announced this, but we're all but guaranteed a Kate Middleton appearance because she always goes to Wimbledon and makes great sports faces. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. First, we have to discuss the James Middleton article in Tatler. Yes. So a few months ago, I can't remember when because as I've established, I don't understand time no, anymore. No, 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 no. Time, space, I don't no. know. I watched everything from that Netflix series that's basically Lord of the Fly for teens and so like I'm just like where am I what's happening anyway um, I watch a lot of TV thank you um, so a few months ago we discussed when James Middleton wrote that thing the essay or piece for the Daily Mail and he talked about his depression and his anxiety and yeah. his struggles and we loved it because if there's one thing we love it's talking about mental health we do sure do like I I love coming back from therapy and texting all of my friends <laughs> what I talked to my therapist about in great detail. Had a big revelation today. I think it's very helpful. But he is not done talking about it, which I deeply appreciate. And he's in um, he's in Tatler, which is like the greatest, like most tongue in cheek, wild British magazine. Although I had a problem with something that they wrote about Megan a few months ago. I wrote about it for the cut. I was really not thrilled with like what may have been tongue-in-cheek, but I viewed as, like, rude snobbery. Yeah. it's. So. I mean, it's a fine line. It's almost like they're, like, playing with their snobbery. But anyway, so their headline is The Rise and Rise of James Middleton, which I love. Um, and so he talked um, – he has just – it's an amazing interview. He really – he just speaks so openly. And some of the details, like, the sort of arc of his depression struggle that he had in the last couple of years, we already knew from the Daily Mail piece um, – But there was still some really lovely stuff in here. Like he said, his parents, quote, knew something wasn't right. I didn't want them anywhere near me. I shut myself off. There's only so long you can hold your breath. Um, Yeah, he he gave so many great quotes. And in the midst of talking about, you know, everything he went through, which is very difficult to talk about, he was also hilarious. Like he talked about um, how he underwent a period of intense therapy and then he spent some time at – um, the Scottish estate of the Matthews, uh, the family who's well, Pippa, his sister Pippa is married to a Matthews. So he spent time at his brother-in-law's family's Scottish estate. And so promotional photos emerged. I'm quoting now. Promotional photos emerged of James as a host and he was lambasted for working there. He groans, quote, I don't work as a hotel tour guide. I was a host and I still do host the odd weekend because I like being there. But I don't stand around with a little flag pointing out where William Wallace was last seen. (laughs) I love that, too, because it really points out how gross it is that people made fun of him for hosting at an estate. Yeah. You know, like, so what if he was a hotel tour guide, you know? And he talks a little bit about that, how, like, the difficulty of discussing his mental illness when he's had such a privileged privileged life. Um, You know, the Middletons, he was raised, 
you know, middle class, fairly wealthy, pretty comfortable. To me, it's wealthy. Yeah, like up, uh, upper middle class. To me, I think very wealthy. <laughs> very pretty comfortable. And so he didn't feel like he deserved this, but he felt a lot of pressure about his own success when Kate Middleton was in the press. And um, people were like, OK, well, Kate's marrying the future king of England. Like, what do you do for work? And so it's even grosser. And he talked about that pressure. So it's even grosser that he was then mocked for having a job that people thought was like below him or I don't know. It's just not nice. So it I'm, must suck. Like, not only are you living in the shadow of your sister, who is the future queen consort, but then your next oldest sister has become quite famous for her connection through your other sister. And she, you know, did all this media stuff and became yeah. a celebrity. And then you're in the shadow of that. So you're in the shadow of two women who are, you know, doing well for themselves or yeah. doing professionally, a personally. Like, yeah, and that must be difficult. I can't imagine. Like, when I see a colleague who I have nothing, you know, in common with and I have, I'm not even, like, competing with them, but I see them succeeding in a way that I wish I could and yeah. I dream of, I'm like, ah. Yeah, I just think it's really great that he admitted that because, of course, you imagine that that's how it feels, but it's a whole different thing to admit it. And he actually said that, that just the very first time he said out loud to his general practitioner, to his doctor, that he was suffering, he said even saying it was an easing of the pressure. I was saying I wasn't okay, which each day I was waking up, I woke up pretending I was. Um, so just the act of saying, like, I'm having a hard time, which I think is amazing. Um, a great thing to learn from. But he ended it... Um, Actually, no, I want to note one more thing about it. He, The Daily Mail article came out in January, and he said that his parents questioned his decision to make his illness so public. Quote, they were very nervous. They worried I would be exposing myself over what was a very private thing. Um, but I did it for ownership, he insists, which I think is really interesting. Um, that is really interesting. Right? And so anyway, the article ends really happily. Um and he said, I'm happy. I feel like James Middleton again. I feel like I was when I was 13, excited about life. I feel like myself again, and I couldn't ask for anything more. Couldn't ask for more. I think it's just a phenomenal article. So if you haven't read it, it's in the Tatler. Look it up. Yeah. Um, so while we're on the Middleton fam, perhaps we can discuss Kate's new patronage. Has there ever been anything more perfect for her? <laughs> I mean, she's had a lot of perfect patronages. But yes. if there's one thing to know about Kate Middleton other than... You know, queen consort, mother of three, married to the future king, likes great art, hair, great hair, loves a good coat dress. Yes. She effing loves photography. She really does. And so we all know she takes pictures of her kids. Yeah. She's a noted Cambridge child photographer. Indeed. Yeah. And today it was announced that she's now the patron of the Royal Photographic Society. Um, and this is a role that the pre... The, that was previously held by the queen for 67 years and she's passing it down to Kate, which is always a lovely moment whenever you see that bond between her and the queen. And of course it's special. And so a press release, you know, obviously Kate takes on new charity work all the time. That's her entire life. But um, this, because it's such a big like sort of changing of the guard with this very special patronage, um, there was a statement from Kensington Palace and they said the Duchess has a longstanding interest in photography and this patronage will further highlight the beneficial impact that art and creativity can have on emotional well-being, particularly for children and young people. Um, and of course, on their Instagram, when they announced it, they did a little carousel of photos that Kate Middleton has taken of her kids that have been released to the public in the past. Um, you know, baby Louie photos, baby Charlotte photos, all of that. Um, well, something I really loved. So first of all, we saw Kate today. She was wearing like a paisley dress. Her hair was like total Kate hair. Mm, it was resplendent. It was amazing. But I was following along on Instagram um, 
in between bites <laughs> of salad. And maybe th- maybe this is why all the lettuce was falling from surprised. my mouth. I wouldn't but, be surprised. Uh, Chris Jackson, who is the Getty photographer that works with the royal family, he was there and he was photographing her at the event. And it was he actually I'll just, I'll just quote his caption. Sure. He said, Absolutely fantastic afternoon with the Duchess of Cambridge photographing an action for children photo workshop in association with the Royal Photographic Society on the day the Duchess is announced as patron of the Royal Photographic I can't talk. It's that a lot of words. It's that um, spiked lemonade. 9% baby. Royal Photographic Society by the Queen. Great to see photography helping these children and clearly empowering them with a sense of creativity. The star of the show in these photos is little Josh Evans, who is de- who definitely enjoyed his time with fellow photographer, the Duchess of Cambridge. It was, again, a truly perfect Kate event. Um, we She got to admire photography. She got to play with some cameras. And she got to discuss photography with children. She loves helping children. Yeah. It's like art history. It's like the arts and children. And it just seemed like Kate in her element. She was wearing a perfect summer outfit, a Ripley London Paisley dress, like love a printed maxi dress with her favorite espadrilles. And her hair, I tweeted this, among the best it's ever been, which is like a completely insane thing to say. But it's a little warmer looking these days, maybe a little redder for summer. The curl was great. It's just whew, perfect. A great hair. look. Great look. And this, I don't really know a good segue. What's a segue for this? While we're talking about pretty things. Ah, that's great. <laughs> Damn. Um, that's Megan, why you're my co-host. <laughs> Megan Merkel has uh, a new engagement ring. So I have to give all of the props. This is such a, it's an interesting kind of scoop, right? Because it's not necessarily like no one broke, like, hinted at this. It wasn't reported. It was just more like someone noticed it eventually. And that someone was Caroline Holloman at Town & Country, who's a colleague of mine. I've written for Town & Country before. And I'm so proud of her for figuring this out because, of course, now it's everywhere all around the world. And Imagine just, being that observant. I know. And so really, they did a great job zooming in on, on her hand. So we've seen this twice, apparently, which, again, it was hiding in plain sight. So when we first saw Meghan Markle's engagement ring, uh, when they announced the engagement in November 2017, it was of course, the central diamond from Botswana with the side side diamonds from the Princess Diana collection, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, Harry in that BBC interview discussed how he came up with that and why he chose the stones that he did and why it was meaningful. And when we got all the close-ups, it was on a yellow gold band, right? Yes. So uh, at Trooping the Color and at the Archie Harrison photo call, those are the two times we've seen Megan outside um, since Archie's birth. She was wearing a different ring, which is still the same center. It appears to be the same center stone and side stones, but the band is now Pave Diamonds, which means teeny, teeny, teeny diamonds. Yes. And Caroline notes um, that it's unclear when the changes were made. And it could be, you know, well, like actually the last few months of her pregnancy in a totally, totally normal way. She wasn't wearing the engagement ring as much because, you know women's bodies change. And, yeah, like, it's respect. possibly that her, it's possible that her fingers swelled. Obviously, Megan's never going to tell us, or is unlikely to confirm this fact, but it's often possible that women's fingers swell during pregnancy. So maybe her ring didn't fit anymore. Yes. And then um, the report also says Megan is known to favor dainty jewelry and perhaps the redesign stemmed from a desire to have a cohesive set of three rings, her engagement ring, her simple Welsh 
gold wedding band and her new eternity ring that she got. Um, who knows when? Yeah. So that's the thing. It's sort of like the three rings go together so beautifully. Um, there's a lot of, you know, Caroline speculates a lot of possible reasons. The finger swelling. Maybe she just likes the daintier jewelry. Maybe her ring didn't fit anymore. Maybe it just looks better with those three bands. Either way, it's absolutely stunning. And if her body underwent any changes during pregnancy. That's A-OK. That's A-OK. <laughs> and she got a really beautiful new piece of jewelry. I have to say, I do kind of prefer it. I don't love yellow gold um, in general. I don't. But when I saw that she had that ring and it was yellow gold, suddenly I was really into it because I'm very impressionable. <laughs> and I think she has impeccable taste and Harry has impeccable taste. Yeah. And I like them as a couple. So suddenly my whole life was about liking yellow gold. <laughs> and now I'm rethinking it. I mean, who doesn't like a tiny, it's like micro pave is the teeny tiny stone. So it's even sparklier. And I think a tinier band actually makes the diamonds look even bigger and sparklier. So like, why not? Go for it. I it thought it was really imagine. cool. And way to go, Caroline, for having those observational skills. I really applaud you. That's amazing. And um, next on our agenda, oh, a teacher at Prince George's school is engaged to Prince William's friend. What? I love this story so much because it's so weird and random. So yeah, Doesn't it feel like a rom-com? It does. Maybe a Lifetime one. <gasps> Should we write that? Should I we mean, reach out to Lifetime? But honestly, I feel like it's a Katherine Heigl um, movie from 2005. Well, that's true. So, no, uh, 2009. <laughs> so the, uh, the folks in question, I don't want to mess this up because the name is so ridiculous, but was it Guy or Thomas? Von Straubenzee. It's Thomas Von Straubenzee and I mix them up. If you think that that name sounds familiar, it's because the two brothers are the best friends of William and Harry. And so they're always in their weddings. They've been present at their weddings and then vice versa. So last summer on her wet on her birthday, Meghan Markle's birthday, she and Harry attended, I believe, Guy Von Straubenzee's wedding. That was the wedding? Yeah, because when I saw this news break, I was like, didn't we just go to a Von Straubenzee wedding? And actually, Thomas Von Straubenzee was also married before. So we've seen <laughs> Harry and William at these weddings aplenty. Um, you don't forget a last name like Van St- Von Straubenzee. So I always note it whenever they come by. But they are uh, buddies to the brothers. And that might be why or how Thomas wound up dating Prince George's mindfulness teacher. That's what she does, by the way. It was Charlie Von Straubenzee who got married last year. Sorry. Oh, thank you. What did I say? Gus? Guy. Guy. Okay. Is there a guy also? I don't know. Oh, Honestly, like, I, there's a lot. I mean, I until I looked it up this morning, I thought they were all one dude. And I was like, how many times can this one dude get married? But no, it's brothers. Unless maybe you're thinking, I don't know. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I've had I've had this spiked, <laughs> this spiked lemonade. The point is, Prince William's best friend is now marrying his son's teacher. So we have no way of knowing. And I, I hope that before the next episode, someone can dig this up because no Royals reporters had this quickly enough for me. But did Prince William set them up? And it's really unclear. But one thing that I really love about the teacher is that she teaches um, 
Mindfulness. Outdoor learning and mindfulness. I love that so much. I love it too. My school did not offer that. No, times they are a change in. So maybe timeouts are like a kind of mindfulness. I just love that we now know that Prince George is also taking mindfulness classes in addition to ballet classes. I love his education so much. Um, Anyway, so this, the engagement news broke over the weekend, which of course led to all the wild speculation like we're doing here. But People Magazine, which as we've discussed in the past, is like very trustworthy. And I really believe everything that they have to say. They jumped right away to saying that George and Charlotte will be in the wedding. I've seen that everywhere. Yeah. Like I was like, didn't they get engaged on like Saturday morning? Like, isn't it a little like quick to have your I mean, I assume they've been engaged for a while and we just found out. Yeah, that's possible. That's usually how That probably makes more sense. So the next piece of news we have to address is the fact that the York girls are all over People Magazine. Yeah, speaking of People Magazine, um, they ran two stories about the York girls. um, Online. Or was it three? There was a bunch. There were a bunch like all in the same day. And I was like, hey, what's going on? But um, the first one was that Eugenie and Beatrice, that they're – they find being criticized for their weight, fashion, and work lives hard. Um, so that's – I mean, we we will never experience fame to the degree that they have. But, like, speak for yourself. My prince comes any day. Sorry, Kevin, <laughs> my boyfriend. <laughs> Bye, Kevin. Um, but, like, I can't imagine because I know when I have my own moments of insecurity and I look at, for instance, the Instagram video of – Royally Obsessed podcast. And I'm like, good <laughs> God, girls, stop eating all of that cake. So I can't Hence imagine if like everyone in the world is discussing your body. Yeah, it's not fun. And we discussed this a couple of weeks ago that because she just got married, everyone keeps saying that um, Eugenia is pregnant. Like anytime she wears something that's loose in the belly, people think she's pregnant. I just feel like it's so cruel. So I can understand why they're having a hard time. Yeah. An insider, uh, the quote from the insider was being role models has always been a hard one for them to deal with and being criticized for their weight, fashion, and work lives has always been hard for them to swallow. But in the last couple of years, both girls have come around to the fact that they're women now and can do a lot of good with their status, um, which I like. Uh, what I actually, of all the things to take away from this piece, which is not the point, but um, it notes parenthetically that Eugenie is an art gallery director in London while Beatrice is vice president of data and software firm, of a data and software firm in New York City. Did I grasp that Beatrice lives on in our fair city full time? I did not know it was full time. I did see the paparazzi pictures of her and her very hot rich boyfriend who people also notes they're very in love and very serious walking Great. down the street carrying a John Farvados bag. I remember that because remember um, Eduardo like did a thumbs up to the paparazzi cameras. Yes. Which I was like, great, sassy. I like it. Um, But yeah, we got a similar, I just, I'm thrilled to know that like Beatrice is in our midst, like breathing our air. That's wild. Yeah. It's good to know. I can't wait to run into her at Whole Foods. Another one of the articles was Princess Beatrice and Eugenie have had a stability that William and Harry have found painfully lacking in their lives. I felt like this was really weird. Everyone's family life is really different. So why do you have to be like, well, they had stability also, did they? Did they? Because <laughs> their parents got divorced around the same time William and Harry's parents got divorced. And not to go there, but 
Fergie in the midst of the divorce, or even before the split was announced, was talking about the feet thing. Yeah, was photographed on vacation with her financial advisor sucking her toes on a beach. So, like, was that stable? (laughs) I don't know. I don't think I know a single person who's had an actual stable childhood. Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe these people just don't go live in New York and work in media, so I don't know them. But like, (laughs) I feel like even when a childhood seems seems perfectly stable, there's still um, people involved because that is how life is. Yeah, it's. Kind of, it's a weird headline. I mean, yes, people with two parents have had a stability that these boys who lost their mother don't have. Yeah, it's I guess like, you have more stability if your mom doesn't die. That just, is it's awful it, to write. Yeah, it's a horrific and bizarre comparison. I just wonder who this insider was up in People Magazine's business, but that's just media insider baseball. We love that stuff. So the, an interesting series Then the articles. third article was about how Beatrice and Eduardo are super in love. And what I thought was really interesting, because I didn't know this before, and it might be that I just wasn't aware and everyone else knew this, but Beatrice and Eduardo have been family friends for years. And like Many years ago, she actually, with her family, attended um, the funeral of his stepfather. Oh, wow. So they've been in each other's orbit. So maybe that's another reason why it's moving a bit fast, or it seems to be moving fast, where they're like, you know, they've been together a few months, and they're already serious. Like, So if you've been friends forever, as we know from the show Friends. I was going to say, I whenever I hear about this, and I do feel like there are some other relationships in the royal family or royal adjacent that are kind of like this. Maybe Pippa and uh, her gentleman are also similar. Like they've been friends friends forever. I cannot relate to this at all. As I've said in the past, I don't have male friends. Not for lack of trying. It just has never worked out for me. I went to a women's college and I work in women's media. Like I don't know what men are, but... And I'm your best friend. (laughs) Sorry, Brittany. Bye, Brittany. Yeah, I don't know what... I don't know how to have male friends, but how do you just like have a hot male friend that you're like, okay, fine, I guess we'll get together. I guess just what I'm saying is Dawson's Creek was right. Friends was right. This is what people actually do is they eventually the the female in the relationship takes her ponytail down and the man says, oh, my God, you've been hot this whole time. Or feminist. The man takes down his ponytail (laughs) and the woman or Two women, men and men. I listen. I, I'm. I'm just saying. I'm always shocked when I hear these kinds of stories of like they knew each other for years and years, and they only just now got together. Um, I've looked at Eduardo. I have a sense he's been hot for a while. So, but he. Um, I think he was previously married. I believe. Oh, and she was in a relationship for ten years. Yes. So maybe they. Oh, fascinating. Okay, I love this. We love this. We're happy for her, and we really like the York girls. We're really happy for them, and we hope that people stop talking about their bodies. Beatrice can come on the show anytime, um, if she lives here. Yes, we can't off the record hang out with you because we will definitely talk about it on the record. <laughs> There's, I'm not signing an NDA if I hang out with Beatrice. I'm live tweeting it. <laughs> She's coming in the studio for sure, uh, but still, she can reach out at any time. Info at gallerypodcast.com. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, of course, we end on a note of begging royals to be on our show. Please hang out with us. Very, very typical. Before we adjourn the royal pod, um, some highs and lows beyond our grubbing of royals to be on our show. It's time for the royal highs and lows. Um, I'll start with my low, which was right after we recorded last week's episode. And we talked about how much we loved James Middleton when he biked around with his dogs in his little carriage. His bike and carriage were stolen. Yeah. He posted about it on his Instagram stories like any one of us would to be like, hey, you know that big 
big dog basket bike thing that I have, someone has stolen it. And it was really sad because yeah. he loved it and he didn't deserve for it to be stolen. And not to get right into highs, but my high is it was found. It was found. He posted a it couple was days damaged. later. It was damaged. It looked a little dented, a I little think, worse for the wear. Yeah, it didn't look exactly the same, but it was restored. So my low became a high. I, I appreciate that. Um, mine is similarly um, combining two things. So my low, well, Last week, we discussed how Mike Tyndall hid a tiny top hat inside his hat. It was a joyous moment for we, us. We had hoped that maybe he brought that top hat from home and put it inside his top hat. That was my assumption, was that he prepared this as a joke for the queen and for some of the royal family members, that he could reveal it at Ascot. My low is it turns out that that little hat was this, like, chocolate caramel gift that was given out at Royal Ascot. So he didn't, like, necessarily plan it ahead of time. He probably just got the chocolate in a gift basket or, I don't know, it was handed to him when he got there. And he hid it as, like, a little joke inside his hat and then presented the chocolate to the queen. Yes. And so is this now your high? And I'm I'm talking about your high. Please. So now this is Caitlin's high and I am... I am doing the honors. Um, he told the Telegraph's royal correspondent, it is a chocolate hat that I am taking home from my daughter Mia. I was given it at lunch, but it is really annoying to store it in a pocket, so I decided to put it in my top hat instead. That's actually really logical. <laughs> I mean, he still presented it and showed it, but it if was... If you have all that storage space, all that vertical storage up there, why not put it to use? It's like a purse. Yeah, so at the low is when I realized he didn't like have a tiny hat made for the sole purpose of a joke. But the high is that he still put a tiny hat inside a big hat and showed it to the queen. It still makes me laugh. It still makes me really happy. So it's a high-low, much like James Middleton's dog bike. Um, you can drop us an email at info at gallery podcast. Ask us any and all questions about the royals. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. Here's a real review. Would you like to read it? Sure. It's from Loving 20 Love, love this podcast. Thursdays can't come fast enough and are over all too soon. Lisa and Caitlin are an absolute pleasure to listen to and are such a great team. The podcast is a perfect mix of well-researched royal news and friendly banter. We are friends. So it helps. <laughs> um, that always leaves me wanting more. Thanks for all you do, ladies. Well, not so well-researched when it comes to the Von Straubenzies, but sorry, brothers. Yeah, we, we research sometimes. <laughs> I'll look into them more. Perhaps. Maybe. Especially if we get a, a wedding where George and Charlotte are absolutely little flower children. Love that. You can follow the show on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. You can follow me, Caitlin, at HeyKMenz, H-E-Y-K-M-E-N-Z on Twitter and Instagram and read my writing at CaitlinMenza.com. You should follow me or you can follow me if you want. No pressure. <laughs> um, at Lisa Raya on Twitter and Instagram and read my writing at LisaRaya.com with no N. Oh, so your website, too, is no N. Lisa Ryan is an extremely common name. Your parents. I know. What were they thinking? I'm going to write them a sternly worded letter <laughs> um but until i do that and until next week <laughs> god save the pod please address it to I'm, mr and mrs ryan i'm really not mad at them it's a great name <laughs> her majesties of royally obsessed have retired for this episode god save the pod and if you fancy the podcast give royally obsessed the royal rating of five stars on apple podcasts follow us on instagram at royally obsessed podcast and join our facebook group royally obsessed royally obsessed is a gallery podcast production